At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by SRB Field Rests. Your shotgun, bow, or rifle is an extension of who you are as a hunter. Whether you're hunting snows in a muddy mess of a field, mallards in the marsh, or whitetail from a ground blind, SRB Field Rests has your back. A local Kansas company that provides an easy to use, simple, and ergonomically effective solution to just awkwardly holding onto your gun or your bow when you do not need to. Allowing you to have more freedom, comfort, and safety in the field. Enter discount code FOULFRONT at checkout for 10% off your order of any SRB field rest today. This episode is also brought to you by Oak Barn Beef, a direct-to-consumer, family-owned farm that delivers high-quality, DNA-tested, dry-aged Nebraska beef from their family to yours. You can select from a wide variety of boxes. My personal favorite is the Husker Beef Package, which combines jerky, ground beef, steaks, and a brisket. These packages are perfect for families, get-togethers, out-of-town hunts, or for you outfitters looking to upgrade your table fare for your clients. Order yours today at oakbarnbeef.com. And what's really important is that we band together, we speak with one voice. And I'm like, you sure? Because I've got two kids, I don't want it to ruin your hunt. You're like, yeah, yeah, just come and hunt with me. Just take your time. Like I said, it would have killed a normal man, but I'm not normal, but you know. When you said, why do you want to talk about that? To me, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so many different factors that go into this decision. Enjoy it for what it is. Every moment of it. If you're only going to shoot one duck, Welcome to the Foul Front Podcast, part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Hey, Foul Front, it's Hannah from Oak Barn Beef. We're giving away a box of steaks, jerky, and more premium beef exclusively for the listeners of the Foul Front. 
To sign up, head over to fellfront.com and click on the Oak Barn Beef Giveaway tab to enter into this giveaway. Thanks, and we can't wait for you to try our Nebraska-raised and dry-aged premium beef. All right, so I was out one morning with my grandfather just to kind of capture the app episode that we're getting into here. And we were fishing in a really large, a, a wide river base that was a tailwater. It's probably about two or 300 yards across at the widest part. And my grandfather had just moved into town and we were, we were out on the backside of an island and we, um, we were having a really great time until we noticed that the river started coming up about 12 hours ahead of what we thought it was supposed to do. And so needless to say, the rest of the day was spent trying to climb up out of the riverbed it involved waders full of water, uh, hornets nests. It took us probably about six and a half hours to get around and out of the, uh, where we were from fishing just because of the way the water came up in the channels and, a couple of things probably could have helped us that day. And uh, among that, it would have been checking the water and the, and not just checking the water and when it was going to come up, but getting the name in the right place of the, uh, the river. And my grandfather was the one left up for that, but I didn't really QC it as he was a uh, kind of the new guy. And this was one of those circumstances where an app or a quick way to access the water, just to double check it in the morning would have helped out. And thankfully nowadays we have a myriad of these resources to help out uh, not only fishermen, but also the duck hunters. And then that's what we're going to cover today. So I am here with um, the host Ben Page, who is an expert at flea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. For those of you who, you know, you're listening, you don't know who that voice was. That was Alex, your co-host, a raft guide turned duck hunter. And it turns out he runs a, uh, a duck boat chop shop in East Central <laughs> Texas. Well, and I am here with the expert of flea market decoy finds and can often be spotted at yard sales looking at flambos and garbage bags for five bucks, Ben Page. That's correct. I, I won't lie. Well, I mean, they're great. So now you have to own up. Now you have to own up to the chop shop thing. Uh, I've got so, uh, now. So, can you talk about, or is there legal ramifications uh, for you to talk about this right now? My chop shop that I'm running. Yeah, the, what 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 is what you've recently gone through? Oh man, so yeah, this last week, I had um, this last week I just acquired a new to me duck boat. So I. Uh, rebuilt a boat. It turned out to be a little too small. So I listed it for sale, got a buyer. And in the meantime, I had acquired a, another larger boat and it was a 1644 go devil with a long tail on it. I was really excited about getting it outfitted. Spent, um, I picked it up on Saturday, spent all day Sunday getting it, uh, set up and, and then it went missing on Monday evening and I discovered it Tuesday. So it was lifted from my storage lot. And recently today I went and was able to pick it up at the impound lot. Unfortunately I had to pay the impound fee, but I was told that I could bill that to the crooks for whom they have, they have a pretty solid lead on and they're, and they're working right now. Crooks. That's a, that's a word I have not heard in a very long time. <laughs> well, it, it was, and it's actually plural. So I got very fortunate, the storage unit, uh, because as many of you that have listened to this before and understand that I am a duck hunter trapped in an apartment right now. So my boat has to sit at a storage lot, which is an ideal. And the storage lot that I'm at, they have cameras and then they actually have some of the better cameras in the area and they were able to get a license plate on it. Um, and at some point when the, 
when the when the story gets it gets more full you know closed up then i'll i'll share kind of more of the details on it but it's it was definitely interesting unfortunately for me though they stripped my boat of literally everything valuable outside of the motor uh, they did damage the blind but i have a project on my hands now and i think that i know ben you and i are talking about possibly covering some of these projects in later episodes so i think i have the foundation now um for how to get yourself about outfitted on a budget because I have a blank canvas sitting in this lot right now. Excellent. You know, kind of diverging, uh, uh, not too far from that. So I have Hulu, like live or whatever uh, that I pay for. And there's a show on there called uh, Court Cam or Court Camera. Hmm. And I cannot believe the amount of, you know, cameras that we just have out there that have about 12 pixels on them. <laughs> like for security, like you look at this, you're like, I, I couldn't convict somebody on that. That's crazy. Um, and you can barely tell what's going on. So it's, it, you're very fortunate. Um, yet, you know, I have a freaking, uh, trail cam that can like, you can count hairs on. I don't understand <laughs> right. that. Yeah. Like accurately see the points on a deer, but a yeah. security camera that can't depict like a basic feature on a vehicle. Priorities, priorities. Well, I got I got extremely lucky with this case though because they they did. Uh, it turns out the 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 crooks, as you were, they didn't actually possess my boat for longer than than it sounds like a couple hours. Um, because they they found out. I think they I think in the realization of what they had actually stolen, they had messed with a crowd that probably you ought not mess with. Because at the very least, you know that if you're stealing a dedicated hunting boat, that the person you're stealing from is probably armed. Uh, and so there, and, and you're in Texas, by the way. So. It, you don't you don't think that they maybe knew what they were looking for? I don't think so. I think that it was a target of opportunity. They saw a boat that had lights on it. They you know because duck boats, if you think about it, like a lot of our equipment has valuables on and around it that can be easily taken off and pawned on their own. You know, like a light bar could just as easily go on a duck boat or a jeep or a truck or whatever the case may be. And so I think they saw that and they were like. That is, you know, in, in worst case scenario, it's an aluminum boat that I could sell for scrap. And this is something important for people, too. If you've got these vehicles, uh, check your state laws because not all states require VIN number checks before things go to scrapyards. So, I mean, if you think about it, you, you heist this boat, you drive it a couple hundred, maybe a hundred miles and you get five or six hundred bucks in scrap. Wait for it. Like you had a pretty good night. And Texas does not require uh, VIN number checks. Uh, not every, so they do in Texas, but it, you know, that's based on the integrity of the scrap owner too. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, I feel like Texas has the, uh, the property owners, you know, heart, you know, that's where they want. They do. I was very, very fortunate. So, okay. So you and your chop shop got it. Probably you're some insurance scammer. Um, I'm just kidding for anyone listening. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> USAA is going to be knocking on my door now. <laughs> Disclaimer, I've been totally forthright on everything. Yeah. We're going to circle back and talk about your, you know, you were talking about a story where, you know, the, the water goes down. I can tell a similar story about me and my buddy realizing, uh, you know, we, there's a spot that we would hunt and it was, if it was waste water high, it was, you know, mud to your knees. And it was a, it was a rough drag, and we would take my little ten foot John boat out there onto a mud flat, had a blind on it, and we would just sit in that boat on the mud flat, and that's kind of how we got out there. Well, about an hour 
past shooting light. We're getting close to a limit. We, hey, does this water look like it's getting like getting shallower? Yeah, <laughs> those decoys over there are like sitting on on mud. What the hell's going on? And uh, so we were basically riding like the water out of that place. Wow. I think we left. Uh, we we might have left a couple decoys out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you but, hear stories. You hear stories about the guys getting trapped on tidal flats the same way. Sure. Now, is there is there an app for that? Tidal flats? Yes. No, I meant for what we had. Um, I mean, I guess it it depends on what, what were you on a tailwater or what were you on a lake or. We're on a lake, like a reservoir. Um, so depending on the power company, and we'll get into a little bit there with this too, um, there very well could be an app for that. Okay. So I, I don't know what we're going to title this episode yet. It has not yet struck me. But <laughs> why are we talking about apps and the technology on our phones that can help us as duck hunters, Alex? Well, I, I think now that, you know, we have so many resources now and, and there are so many good resources to help uh, new, experienced, uh, all kinds of hunters out there. And we can get information that can definitely make not only what we're doing uh, more fun, but also safer and more informed. And it can kind of improve our digital scouting uh, that's out there, too. And, you know, when you think about all the facets that can touch a hunt, most, you know, more specifically, like, you know, we, we do the migration report and we can get to some of those. But, you know, also the weather, the water, like we've talked about a couple of times. Um, I mean, moon phase, like whatever you care to know, like you there's apps there and you can take a look at them and they're extremely handy to use. And uh, that's the point. You know, what we're going to talk about today is give some of the listeners out there some tools to. Uh, that they can put in their quiver and access and hopefully make it a little bit more enjoyable for them outside. Touching back to my, to, you know, to the roots of what duck hunting is, there's a part about duck hunting that I really like. And that's like, I would like to think, or I would like to get to a place where I'm duck hunting and I could very well be like, have duck hunting with my great, great grandfather. You know what I mean? Like just kind of touching that roots. And so I think apps are great. I do think though that it comes all the information comes at us so easy now. We 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 just have to go get the information. I, I think a lot about how different of an experience it would have been growing up back in the day and how the old guys used to do it. They didn't have all the information available to them. They had to go they had to go out, they had to go to like a, a local marina and find the tide chart or, you know, look at the farmer's almanac or a, a phone call to a friend that's five hundred miles north of them, you know, on a long distance line to see what the weather was doing. Uh, we have, it, we have it a lot easier, I think, but also that information is cheaper and maybe we don't understand it as in depth as we should. And when things are cheaper, we don't value that as much. And I think that a lot of people can get really comfortable having analysis given to them and pre-digested. And I really value the, the data and the information that these apps give us. And I, I never paid attention in college when I took meteorology 101, but now I would consider meteorology and weather a very close hobby of mine. And my wife thinks it's super weird that I would care what the weather's doing in Dupree, South Dakota. Um, sorry, long winded here, but all this to say that uh, we're about to give you the apps that we use. And I really hope that it inspires you to not just use them, but to dig deeper into how the information is sourced, you know, what it really means and getting into the process of how you can best utilize the information. 
And I want to throw out there too, getting after what you just said, getting comfortable. You know, these apps that we're giving you are exactly that. They're tools and they're not crutches. You know, nothing really uh, replaces experience. Nothing really uh, can replace time in the field or talking to some of these people about what the local conditions are. Um, and so, you know, as you're listening to this and, and I, you know, I've caught myself a couple of times doing this as well. Um, not so much in, uh, in duck hunting, but in some other outdoor ventures that I have where you, you put a lot of faith in it and maybe you get a little complacent, you get a little lazy and this, and the, and the day doesn't turn out the way you thought it should. And you think about like, what did I rely on? Well, I relied on this app or I relied on this thing. Um, and not to say apps can give you all those things, but you know, it's easy to read a fishing report, go to the place that's around it, expect to have a great day. And then you don't, and you're like, man, I totally overlooked my own research, my own experience. Um, and so they're great tools, uh, as you're listening to these, like I said, keep it in mind that it doesn't replace the experience, uh, or talking to people that are experienced in your area, uh, as well. Yeah. All right. Before we delve into the apps, we do have one little bit of housekeeping, uh, you've probably noticed that you're hearing some ads that are not specifically waterfowl related or anything of that nature. After an opportunity arose with our network to be able to insert ads dynamically, which is how you're hearing them right now, we are going to take a step back from the marketing world. We we might not always feel like this, but for now, we just wanted to be able to provide you with a platform devoid of bias from a producer slash endorser slash paid kind of standpoint. And I, and I don't think I ever really want you to have to wonder, do we really feel a certain way about a product or are we just being paid to say it? Um, even though both can and definitely do exist, those things do exist. So we have, we've chosen to have just ads dynamically inserted in this manner. I think Alex, what'd you hear? JC Penny ad yesterday? Yeah. JC Penny and some, Healthcare insurance, I think, yeah. showed up online, which yeah. I don't know what that's saying about my lifestyle. I might want to. It says something kind of different. I think. I think it says. I think it's saying something. I don't know <laughs> right. what it's saying. Um, yeah. So hey, we we do want to keep the lights on over here at the foul front. So we're we're gonna have ads, and we hope that you understand that aspect from like a business side of things. Ultimately, we do think that this has a lot of benefits to it, and allows us to be a little bit more free in our conversations and our relationships and ultimately get after what we are about on the foul front, which is, you know, helping new waterfowl hunters, not only get into waterfowl hunting, but uh, helping create mindful and conservation minded approaches to what we're doing every single day. And then of course, you know, entertaining you hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, you know, this is something that I feel pretty strongly about, especially with um, beginners in a lot of different sports. I, I have a philosophy about a gear and equipment and, you know, it, it doesn't always, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those like cheaper is better type of folks. Um, but I'm also not necessarily one of those like you, you have to have the certain type of thing and the market changes so much with it. New gear comes in and out. And I really think that our ability to talk about what's out there uh, in a frank manner about how it relates to beginners, you know, experienced folks alike is um, I think it's really going to open up our ability to, to pass along. some just good knowledge and, and maybe some feedback to the folks that are making this gear as well. So uh, I'm glad that I'm, I'm really looking forward to the way that uh, we're doing this now. Absolutely. And so un until you hear otherwise from us, anything, any product that we mention, um, you know, we legitimately use that and it's our legitimate thoughts about it. So, which 
I mean, I would hope would be the same. At, never mind. All I right. mean, I think it probably is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it probably uh, is. There's not too many folks that are making bad stuff out there. And I don't think there's necessarily good and bad. I think that there is the right person, right place, right time for their experience and their skill and their time in the sport. Um, and as you grow into the sport, I think that, uh, I, you know, I, Ben, I could talk to you about it from a fishing, you know, fly fishing standpoint. I've spent 28, you know, I've spent 25 years doing that of my life now. And, and I could tell you my, my experience with it has gone and the gear that I've used has gone up with the time I've spent. And I think waterfowl hunting is very similar to that. Oh yeah. I mean, how many, you know, carpenters do you see using a, you know, regular, you know, hammer in, <laughs> right. a, in a battery operated. Uh, yeah. Anyways, shall we get into the apps that we use? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the, let's get into the first one. Um, you've heard me mention this several times. It's one of my favorites. And Ben, you recently started using this one too, right? Only because of our relationship. Well, you know, my radar pro, uh, for those of you that have listened to the last few episodes, you've probably heard me laud this app. I, it is one of my most frequented apps when I look at my percentage of use on my iPhone. Um, and here's what it does. It's a real time weather radar it has local forecast generated at the drop of a pin. And it allows you to see wind directions, cloud cover, temperature has lots of different layers to it. It's extremely useful. Ben, what do you, what do you think about it so far? All right. So the most important thing about my radar pro is the wind visualization on a national level. In fact, that's what I think that really shines about my radar pro. When I want to look at national weather now, I, I, this is what I look at. So when I say wind visualization, like you can literally, it, it has little tracers, um, like little trackers. So you can see the wind direction. I can see that it's moving, um, you know, from northeast to southwest in Vermont and from, you know, southwest to northeast in Nebraska. I can see that. It shows that to you in like kind of this weird little tracing real time thing. Yeah, it's, it, it is extremely, and then the fronts, you know, you can see the frontal boundaries and not only where they depict the fronts, but you can see the relationship of the temperature and the wind on either side of it too. And I will tell you that it updates extremely fast because I have watched it. I have watched that app and my thermometer and my truck change as they have moved. And I have driven like from point A to point B after hunting. Um, I use it in the mornings, like before. So like if you've got, you know, I'm sure Ben, you're like myself, like we've got a couple of different spots. We kind of go out there within our mind's eye where we're going to go. But when I'm at the ramp, because I hunt, you know, frequently with the boat here, I will take one last look at where the wind's coming from. And I, just two weeks ago, it changed my game plan because of the strength of the wind and where I was going to have to go. And I ended up going to a different spot because I determined at that point, it wasn't necessarily going to be safe enough for me to risk going out on the lake. You changed like... Okay, what was the distance in between those two areas? Um, it was it was about equidistant. It was about equidistant to get to either of the points. The, yeah, no, the between areas. those two areas though, what was the linear? Distance? Oh, oh, probably like three or four miles. Oh yeah, I don't do that at all. It, yeah, so when I go well, to bed, I mean, when I go to bed, I know where I'm going the next morning. <laughs> so I I would like to think that I am too, but you know where I put in my when I put in where I put in my boat, I can go left or right, and left is going to take you out to. Uh, the spots that that are going to the left are going to be a little bit more open water crossings. Uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to cut across some like a little bit more open flats, and the wind here usually comes out of the south most of the time. 
and if you go right, you're going to go up into more sloughs, timber, creeks, you know, so a lot more sheltered water. Um, and so that morning I had shown up to the ramp and I had looked the night before and the, and the forecast wasn't necessarily, um, you know, pigeonholing me into something, but I, I got there that morning and the wind was blowing a lot harder than I thought. I looked at the, my radar pro and the wind was coming straight across the lake into some of that open water that I was going to have to cross. Um, and I looked at the load that was on my boat. I talked to a couple of people on the ramp and I looked at that radar and I said, today probably isn't the day to try and make that kind of crossing. I, I can't really risk it. And, okay. and I didn't. So I decided to go right I, that day. I get that. I get that. And uh, for my type of hunting, you know, I'm a big walk in slash shore hugger. If I take yeah. my boat out, I'm like, <laughs> I'm a safe distance swim away from the shore at all time. Um, so I, I, I can get that. I can get that. Uh, another thing that I really, really, really like about my Radar Pro is that it's got like a center crosshair, right? Mm -hmm. So as, you know, I can go from Dupree, South Dakota, and boom, it's got I got a little heads-up display. 72 degrees, wind out of the northeast. Feels like this. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I can just move and scroll around on the map. Next thing I know, Grand Island, Nebraska. Da 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 da. So I can kind of get these like different patterns, and I can get that heads up display literally with. I, I feel like there's no loading time. No, it shows. I mean, as we were talking right now, I dropped the crosshairs just north of Wichita. It's in Newton, Kansas, 29 degrees. I could see the next two days forecast feels like 22. I get the wind chill factor, and now I'm going to scroll like due north, and I'm hitting Lake Preston, South Dakota, 25 degrees. Feels like 17. Um, and, and then I have those little tracers, like you said, of the wind going everywhere. And so it, it's just extremely, it's an extremely handy app for that kind of real time, quick weather. And as far as the cost goes, I, I tried to find it. I, I think it was like three ninety nine. Did you, I mean, did you just get the, my, the, the pro version? Oh man, I got the Apple pay. You know, I just clicked the little side <laughs> yeah, button just twice click it. <laughs> and just let my, let my wife deal with it. You know, it's like, she's like, did you buy something for three ninety nine? Probably. I think that's what it, <laughs> I think that's what it was. So it's free for basic. Uh, the paid feature. Well, see, something. that's the thing. I, I might still have basic. I don't know. I don't even know what the, uh, the paid. So the paid thing removes the ads. It also gives you a per station look. So like for me, I'm, I'm kind of a weather geek and it'll let you tap on. It'll let you like click on a weather station and see what the depiction is from that one. Um, I find that more real, like I find that more useful for some aviation things, less than the duck hunting, but it also gives you Apple watch support. So if you've got an Apple watch, yeah. So if you've got one of those, do you uh, have one of those? I, I do. I use it for working out mostly. I don't like, I mean, I'm not do you, you don't wear it. Do you wear it in the, cause I've, I've been considering, I'm trying to find a watch where I can, you know, when I hear my phone buzz in my pocket, when I'm out in the marsh, I want to just look at my watch and be like, Oh, that's just Jeremy. Um, or, Oh, that's They're just Alex, extremely not my wife. <laughs> They're extremely useful, um, but this does give you the, the support for it on the Apple Watch, which actually will depict the radar on your watch, too, and send you weather alerts to your watch. So, yes. you know, okay, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I might get an Apple Watch now. I don't know. Sold. Sold. Sold, Sold right there. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many ducks' lives have been saved by my stupid big old iPad-sized phone trying to shove that thing in my pocket. <laughs> They can see it. They can see it without fail. So I'll hear, I'll, I'll hear like eight or nine buzzes, and I'm like, oh, man, I gotta check that. Like that's probably my wife, like <laughs> telling me, like your your daughter has a fever. We you need, I need you back here right now. It's like, 
uh, nope, it's just like one of my other duck hunting buddies. Like, you out right now? Seeing lots of birds. <laughs> What's the wind in your spot? Yeah. Check my radar pro, dude. You'll get it. All right. Uh, so that's that's about what I got to say about my radar program. It's extremely useful uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out yet. It's it's a handy one to have, and um, I, I mean, like I said, most used app on my phone. I like it. It's new to me, but I'm gonna move us. I'm gonna transition us into my bread and butter weather app, and that is Weather Underground. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah, it's a weather app. I think it's best for. I think it's more suited for local as opposed to my radar pro, which I think has great national and regional capabilities. Um, pretty sure it's free. <laughs> like I said, I just clicked that button a couple times and sent it on over Download. to the iTunes, you know? Uh, but I know that you can get ad free for like a dollar 99. Cause I looked that up today on Google. Um, what I like about it is it's got a heads up weather like overview. It gives me my temperature, my high, my low, my real feel. Uh, it gives you a quick radar snapshot, and then it just gives you the wind direction. So like literally every morning, you know, as I'm doing my morning routine, I won't get too you know descriptive, descriptive or graphic on what that is. You know, I'm sitting there and um, I, I got to see how I got to dress for the morning, and oh. Yep, the real feel is 11 today, I think it was. So I know I'm going to put an extra couple layers on. But um, at any rate, uh, the thing that I like, uh, well, not not the thing that I like the most about it, but it has a really cool weather chart. It gives you the temperature, the wind direction, precipitation, um, kind of all in this like same little linear chart that's got like a, what are you know, not a bar graph, like a line chart. Uh, yeah. 10 days out. And that really allows me, you know, as a dad, as a, a person that works like 70 hours a week to really like decide when I'm going to go out. And it kind of gives I mean, me, I'm, go ahead. I'm going to need you to keep talking about this because I'm downloading it right now. Cause I'm, I want to take a look at some of these features. It might, it might become one of my most used apps, you know, for this. Well, it, it just, the being able to see, a 10 day, like, okay, this is what they're calling for on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And I'm, this is not even my favorite feature of it yet. I'm not even there yet. Um, it's just very visually appealing. Um, the other thing that I use on it a lot, even though it's like, it's not essentially, it's, it's not legal binding. I use the sunrise sunset, um, chart and it's got like a, you know, it looks like a sun <laughs> and it shows you like what, how much hours of daylight you have when first light is, when last light is, when sunrise and sunset, moonset, all that stuff. And wow, that is a really good interface. Now I like it just downloaded oh, yeah. and I'm looking at it like it's, it is, um, yeah. It's not just raw data. It kind of like graphically represents it to you in a, in a very um, user friendly type of thing but yeah and seeing that bar graph you're talking about now too which is also extremely like useful. yeah you can see the dips in the temperature you can see when the the precipitation is going to rise and usually when those two things cross when the temp is going down and the precipitation is going up and i see cloudy like that's a that's a trigger for me which leads me into my favorite feature about weather underground smart forecasts Smart Forecast allows you to create custom alerts 
and forecast that visually shows a bar chart of how close it is to your customized perfect forecast. So for instance, I have a certain pond that I know historically is a, it's a, (laughs) you know, you can, you can call me out on this all day, but when it's overcast and the wind is out of the East above 10 miles per hour, it shows me which days are most like that. Exactly. Um, and that I can plan like, Oh, I see that it is like, it'll send you a notification, you know, ding, your perfect weather is about to show up. So about that, that is, that is a premium feature. So I, I'm telling you this, listeners, because I'm I'm buying this thing right now because I see that uh, what you just described, it's $19.99 a year or $3.99 a month for the subscription for that feature on it. Is that what I pay? Um, oh yeah, well, you know, we're going to keep this between us and the podcast. Yeah, my wife doesn't <laughs> listen to this, so we're good. <laughs> but um, um, so yeah, no. And so that's great, right? So I can know like, okay, hey. On, I don't care. I can call it on Beck Pond. I have a certain like. I know that it's going to be lights out on that day because I've literally hunted that pond probably a hundred times, and I've hunted on other conditions and it's not good. But when I've hunted on these certain conditions, it's always been great. And so I set it up and I said Beck Pond, and you can see like uh, it's got a little green bar there. That's it's not going to be a great day. And then you can see a high green bar. And it's like, oh, that's the I need to go hit Beck Pond on, you know, Tuesday. That is, yeah, that is extremely handy. And as you were talking about it, I was looking through this interface, and you're right, it's really good, kind of a heads up right there of what's going on. Um, and I like, and so I, I set the feature on mine just now to do the GPS location, and it it pulled up, and I got the whole heads up for like where I'm at. And I, I wonder, so can you save different locations on? You, you uh, like, can, can, you can you only it? choose different weather stations. So you can like subscribe uh, okay. to, you know, um, I have a certain weather station that I subscribe to that's, you know, within four miles of my primary hunting spots. But you can also change that weather station and that's your initial heads up. You can switch out gotcha. and it does show you, um, you know, you can zoom out on the map if you click in on it. But it's not one of those, it's not a four it'll show you the current uh like all the way up to like this is what it's going to be like in 20 minutes gotcha no this seems like and and so i've also seen before where individuals can contribute to the weather underground like you can buy stations that will um through your wi-fi network contribute their station data to it so i could see where this is really good for the local thing or like right there where you're at the ramp and then getting that idea kind of that that projection for where you go and so yeah like i don't necessarily see this as like competing against the my radar pro like we were talking about like the my radar pro i think is good if you're looking at a wider area or like national level and this is i mean a a more superior app if you will for the here and now and then like a forecast for your current location going out and i like that i like that smart forecast feature oh, yeah. i'm going to uh, another that, that useful is, function for that um, that smart forecast thing is is after you've been in an area for a while you know when the the ponds will freeze up so if you know a pond or a body of water that freezes up under certain conditions or or even if it opens up under certain conditions you know you have you know no wind for a while and a certain temperature for an extended amount of time you can show that and you can set it up so that you know when okay ponds a b and c 
open and it'll show you on that. That's really nerdy and you have to <laughs> obviously spend a little bit of time understanding your your areas but but you know like when you look at guys uh when you look at guys and gals like ourselves where you know you, you have a limited amount of days that you can hunt and you've got to make every one of those days count those kinds of features can definitely narrow down those locations so you're not wasting that time and you can prepare yourself for uh, the spots that you know you can go to and have a reasonable chance of success um, based on the weather and that that is a very very handy I, I also set up like uh, if i'm not going to be if i'm super busy that week or something like that. I have uh, what I call, you know, big fronts and little fronts. And so I'll set it up so that on a station that's north of me, like if it's, you know, winds at this speed from the uh, north, okay. it, you can see, you can visualize that. And it's a pretty cool little function. Yeah, that is, that is really, yeah, that is really handy. I'm going to add this to my, my repertoire. And, and like I said, being a, being a little bit of a weather nerd, I mean, I, I could go on for days about some other weather. App. I've got an app on my phone, by the way, that will show you a 3D depiction of a thunderstorm. It will like paint a 3D picture for like how, where it tops out and everything. I mean, not that you need that for duck hunting, but it's uh, I like, I think the weather is fascinating. And the more you see how it affects your hunting as well, I think that we all kind of become meteorologists. In a sense. Um, I think, so I have a buddy who is a meteorologist up in Nebraska, doesn't know doesn't know next to nothing about duck hunting, but I think it would be pretty cool to have him on to explain weather stuff and then to have him like, well, now why does that matter to a duck hunter? And we yeah, can say, well, like, it doesn't, or, oh, well, that does, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting. This is, this is a handy one. I, I just added it. I just added it to my, I've got a hunting file on my phone, you know, oh, yeah. it has all my apps on it that I use for hunting. So I just, threw all right. There. I think we've given weather underground enough free advertising. Um, yeah. What's our next? Hopefully it shows up on someone's dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what's, uh, what's our next app, Alex? All right, so the next one is for all of you uh, boat hunters or lake hunters out there. It's GPS fishing maps. Now, don't be misled by the title of the application with its fishing maps. But this is one that I found when I was looking at some ways. So I, the lake that I, I hunt pretty frequently, and just like many other lakes like where I grew up, they fluctuate you know, a lot based on the season. And I think you're going through that a little bit up there in Kansas Absolutely. right now, some of your reservoirs that are very high. Um, and so what that can do is, is it really can make your, really make your preseason scouting difficult. Um, and I've seen this in the powder hook reports right now too, you know, where po folks are like, ah, there's no vegetation because of the, the elevation and so on. And, and uh, so like, for example, I went out in August this year on, on my lake and I was scouting for spots and I was looking at the water depth, but I know full well that if there's just a couple of really uh, damp, you know, like wet days or a couple of really strong fronts come through, then the lake's going to go up a couple of feet. And now my spots that I just found are going to be totally different than they were before. Yeah. And what GPS fishing maps does is it lets you get high quality detailed depth charts of your local water. So if it's a named lake, it's, it's on there. Um, and it costs, it, it costs varies per chart. So uh, I paid $19.99 for the U.S. Lake and Marine charts, and that's all of the ones in the U.S., and I could download all of those for offline use. In fact, I used them last week on the reservoir that I was hunting up in Nevada. I, I you know, I, I just clicked it and, it, and it pulled it down. And 
So, so why is this important and how do I use it? So it also has a couple of navigation features on it for your you boat hunters or folks that are traveling a long distance, possibly, you know, in the dark or whatever, where you could plot your courses based on the water depth. And then it has some features in there as well that will let you, you know, what are the left and right bounds. But what I think is probably the coolest and it marries up with a couple of water depth apps. And I don't think we've got one of those. Uh, yeah, we do. So you'll hear me, you'll hear me down, down the ways a little bit, talk about one of the water depth apps uh, that uses the U.S. Geological Survey uh, water stations to what you could do is set the depth of your lake that you have real time and get a depiction of what um, the no kidding shallow water, deep water is in whatever your reservoir is. Uh, so like many of us probably don't go out okay, to break our that, hunting break that grounds. down. Like, okay. Ex it, you know, describe it as you like in a real experience. I was getting really excited there. This is a really great app. So, uh, basically, what Alex I, what is I a do nerd. In is, case anybody hasn't figured this out yet, yeah. In case you guys are all wondering, I, uh, you know, this is how I distract myself from not hunting is getting into the apps that make me think about hunting. So, what you can do is, if you have a lake elevation, for example, and you go to a lake gauge, you can custom you can custom set on these charts what your lake elevation is at that time. And it will shade or unshade the, the chart based on what you input on that. Elevation. All right, so you go out, you take so, your boat out, right? And you're like yep. zooming around and you're like, hey, this is a heck of a spot right here. Yep. So what I would do then is I would pull up my Rivercast. So my Rivercast app, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but it would tell me the elevation of the lake. Um, and at that point it would say, let's say 200 feet. And if I'm standing in a location and oh, by the way, this GPS fishing map will put a coordinate, a coordinate, like right there where you're at, cause it'll track you. Um, and you know that this spot is six inches deep at 200 feet lake elevation. And you, you mark that you can actually drop that point there and put that in a note on this app. So then later on, like let's say a month goes by or between teal season and big duck season, for many of us, that much time will pass. And you wonder, hey, I wonder if that spot is still viable because there was this vegetation there or there was this feature that I really liked or I put, the, or I put a blind there. You know, some of us can go build those blinds on the side. And you look and you see, hey, the lake, we had a couple of storms come in. The lake's now 205 feet. Well, now you know that that spot that was at one point six inches deep is now going to be five and a half feet deep and may not be viable for you to hunt in that time. Or maybe the water level dropped some and changed it. But not only will you see it for that spot on the map, you'll see it shaded for all the area around it that would have been a similar depth. So you'll know like kind of where the water line is at that point. Yeah. Is that, Absolutely. Is that breaking down? And I just want to do a quick side note here. Whoever's in charge of letting the water out of Milford Lake or Tuttle Creek, <laughs> I want to have you on this episode, and I want you to know, like, I want to talk to you about, like, how we do this. <laughs> what are the ramifications? <laughs> what, what were your reasons? Because, man, I was sitting in 19 foot of water, like 19 foot water depth. I had to call Hunter Andrus from Duck Nuts and say, bro, make me 19 foot long duck nuts <laughs> and he said no and i said take my money and he said fine <laughs> and he did it yeah that's 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 like that's Actually, when you you know like if you're not yeah. checking the, if you're not checking these apps you better just carry both your texas rigs and your gang rigs in the same boat with yeah. you um depending on what condition hunter hunter from duck nuts his exact quotes from me was 19 foot 
That's a lot of nut tugging. <laughs> that, that is a long, that is, yeah, that is a long rig. I, you know, last year when I, when I found out last year when I was like doing what you're doing right now, like hunting in the treetops, yeah. I, I found out that my standard three foot Texas rigs would just get tangled in a branch that oh, was yeah. only three feet that's under how, the that's water. That's how I was doing it too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then for reference to bring this conversation full circle, um, that spot that I was hunting 19 foot of water in, uh, I have to walk about 500 yards past that to get to water <laughs> through mud. Gosh. So, yeah. Well, and this is where an app like the GPS fishing maps is extremely handy for those of you that are looking at your preseason scouting on these lakes or reservoirs that are very subject uh, or subjected to the fluctuations uh, from dams or whatever the oh. case. And it's not as good for right, tailwaters, right. but for the lakes themselves. And, and like for reference, had you told me about these apps before I lamented this story to you, um, I would have saved myself a very, very painful 500 yard walk. <laughs> Can you imagine my well, surprise? I'm, oh yeah, nineteen, you know, nineteen feet of water. I got my got my boat. I got my my rigs. I I pull my boat down to the water, um, and you know, well, uh, where's the water? <laughs> um, and I was like, ah, you know, I'll just keep, I'll drag it. It can't be that far, you know. And I get down there, I look out there, and I don't see any damn water. <laughs> You know, this, this, the discovery of this app for me was born out of my frustration last year with finding a spot and then we would get a rain event and it's like all the scouting effort that I'd put in was kind of off or not. And and you're like, and and I've talked to some guys down at the ramp, uh, the lake I hunt and they're like, yeah, I just, I just go around every morning and just look for shallow water. And I'm like, well, I guess that is a technique. Yeah. If you have a bunch of time on your hand. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were both Um, retired and, and I was like, I, I, I can't. I can't yeah, run that no. way. So Let, let's talk a little bit too, because we've, so, we've kind of been crossing boundaries and like gray water between these two different apps. So GPS fishing maps. Sure. Um, it, okay. I don't, you know me, I don't have a boat with a motor on and I don't do like large movements in my boats or in my kayaks. Um, do I need to download GPS fishing maps or can I get away with river charts? Well, so I think that really, so well, you know what? We'll just bleed it right into the river. Oh yeah, Rivercast. Sorry, you know the Rivercast app. Yeah, we'll sk- we'll skip yeah. down to the Rivercast. So, you know, Rivercast. What you know to reference the story that I was talking to in the beginning of the tailwaters. Like the Rivercast is is fairly good about. It, you know, it shows you the the charts and the, what I like about Rivercast. And there's another one that I use. And there's a lot of them out there. They all pull from the same data. By the way, it's all the U.S. Geological Survey. Um, uh, all their gauges, their stream and lake gauges. And there's another one I use called River App. Um, and, and depending on, and you guys can go and see which interfaces work for you. I've used Rivercast for a long time, but it will show you what those levels are. And I found that for the reservoirs is extremely handy because uh, like, for example, I've been watching the pattern of life now on my lake for over a year. And I could see like in the spring where it happens to be in the summer where it happens to be in the fall and in duck season. And it's fairly consistent, yeah. you know, uh, and my my craw with Rivercast is that what it, it you can go what two days back and maybe like eight hours for what they project. 
Yep, so that is the problem with Rivercast. Now, I will tell you, River App um, is a different one, and it will let you go up to a year back with a premium purchase. Um, so I recently discovered that one. I like Rivercast's interface because what it'll let me do is it'll let me put a, a yeah. line on it, so it'll let me mark a level, which I think is really, really handy. So like I was telling you earlier where you find that spot in teal season and it's six inches deep, uh, what you could do is go on the app right there or just make a note and do it later and drop a level that says teal spot 1.5 feet. That's what it says on mine. Um, and you can color code it. River app doesn't let you do that, but it shows you a year of history. It's almost like the two apps should get together and make a baby. Gosh, that would be great, wouldn't it? If there's an app developer uh, out there, I would. We get 15% royalties. Yeah, and I'm sure they've got um, And we'll call it River <laughs> Cast River App Baby. River Cast River Cast app. app. There we go. Cast the River App. I don't know. Um, it's, it is extremely, you know, both are useful in their own rights. I use the River App for the history, and I use the River Cast more for in the season sure. or in the moment. Uh, because that's what's affecting my my day more. But that's what I marry up with the GPS river charts to get that kind of picture of what's happening down there right now. And I would say for you guys that are hunting in reservoirs where you may walk in, especially if you're walking in and it could fluctuate and, and really impacts your, you know, like you were saying, um, these apps to me are, are worth their weight in gold to be able to see what those levels are at. And, and if you've got them while you're scouting and you could take good notes, then it, it will help you be better prepared for what you're going okay. into. Cool. All right. Now, this is a, are you a new hunter? Are you, do you hate the sound of my voice? Um, are you looking for a mentor other than the foul front waterfowl podcast? <laughs> if so, or even if not so, you need to download the Powder Hook app. Alex, what was your what was your first? Uh, give me your first impressions of the Powder Hook app. So I discovered the Powder Hook app, and I almost think through accident. And I and I, I actually, you know, how I found it, I was looking for public land in Texas to duck hunt on back in the summer, and I I think I googled public land app and powder hook showed up and that is the best feature of that whole app right now is that you can click on it and it will show you extremely visual like extremely apparent like where the public land is wherever you happen to be and that was that was very very useful for me by far and away uh, by far and away is awesome i think the most useful function of the powder hook app right now is that they have cracked the code they said oh we are going to kind of simplify the maps and show you where the nearest public hunting land is. And, and oh, it crushes that. There's like even on X and all these other places, like y- you can still get lost um, and kind of looking through all the layers and stuff, but on powder hook, bam. Whoa. Okay. There it is. It's right there. What is it? Oh, it's a Weehaw or a walk-in hunting access area. Oh, no, that's federal land. Oh, this, that. And it kind of gives you that little heads up to kind of help you find these, find access. I mean, that's what their tagline is, literally, the, the front doors to the outdoors, right? 
And, you know, since I found it and I, and I found it out because, you know, I was recently told I'm going to move next year and I was like, man, I wonder what's around it. Um, I hate to say like even now, like when it comes up to where I might have to move, like one of the first things I look before I offer up my opinions of it are, I wonder what the outdoor access is. And and this was an app that I, I went to and just, you know, pulling up where I live right now, I could see all the areas that are around. It, it's, it's visually striking. And then when I click on them, it gives me some links to get more information about that public hunting area. Um, and so that, you know, to me, when you talk about beginners, what is one of the most difficult parts about getting into hunting is getting a place to go hunting. And this helps you start solving that. You know what, you know, another issue that new hunters have? Yeah, you, know, you can listen to all the podcasts that you want. You can read all the forums and all the Facebook pages that you want. But there's nothing that beats like a legit person that you have a contact line to to ask questions at 3:30 in the morning as you're walking out someplace. And I think that's another thing that the Powderhook app, you know, brings to it is they they have this social networking uh, aspect to it where you can have mentors and camps and you can ask people you know in private messages or in public settings hey you know i'm about to go i want to go hunt some ducks where do i go and you're going to have five or six people kind of helping you out yeah and it's and and that is that is definitely and you know ben i went through one of these things too with duck hunting it's something like i always wanted to get into and i did not get into it until well into my adulthood and and i found it like you know you and i were talking about i lived for for five years in oklahoma which you know if you watch any of the hunting shows or talk to anybody like that's like one of the meccas you didn't duck hunt once while you were in oklahoma and i I, 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 I went one time and I had no idea what I was doing because I grew up in the East and wood duck hunting in the East and swamps uh, is a lot different than hunting the way you would in Oklahoma. Because, you know, like what I'm used to growing up with is you look at a map and you see water and you're like, oh, well, there'll probably be ducks there. Well, you don't get that same thing in Oklahoma or Kansas because it's all tanks unless you're near one of the reservoirs. Um, and so that, that like I had not the first thing. Uh, I knew not the first thing about what to do to get started in that type of hunting and powder hook would have helped me with that problem. And I probably would have been able to better utilize um, that time there waterfowling because I basically put it on hold. I actually owned a lot of decoys and I was like, I, I don't know what to do with these things here because I don't know where to go get water. Um, and until it wasn't until I moved back to Georgia that I, I started duck hunting really more because I knew what I was doing there. I could walk in and throw wood duck decoys out and I knew that it would work. And then only later did I find out, I was like, gosh, I am such, I missed such a huge opportunity. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. And I say this with like love to a lot of the people that I work with. Like, it's just the best thing to say. Idiot. Like. <laughs> that's how I felt. That was, that is how I, I think felt. that's from dumb and dumb. Um, and I, could be. I, 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 I'll tell you right now, I have, I, I own probably two or three dozen Canada goose shells right now in my buddy's cabin in Anthony, in Anthony, Kansas that I bought and I had no idea what to do with when I was there. Like I, I did not have any, I bought a goose call. I had nobody that I had nobody around me that did it. Um, I was interested in doing it, but I was like, I, had, I, I yeah, I, I look back on that time now, knowing what I know now, and if I would have had something like Powder Hook, my experience would have been totally different. Now I just live down in South Texas and lament all the opportunities. Yeah, you're sitting all right now. You'd be all right. 
It's also got a pretty cool function in the reports where you can see where people saw birds and it's got a little heat map and uh, the whole nine yards. And if you listen to our Friday episodes, our, our migration reports, we've been utilizing the powder hook app for that. So, all right, yep. shall we move on? Yes. The next one is one of my duck hunting favorite apps. I don't know. Do you use, uh, do you I use have it download. So I don't pull it up a lot. I won't lie. Okay. Okay. So what we are talking about is the Ducks Unlimited app. And what it does is it offers several features. The one that I think is the most useful is the sunrise sunset for the location you're at. And so if, as long as you've got a signal, so like, and it's, a, and by the way, it's, and I'll show you right now, it's this giant red or green clock that hmm. you that shows up on your phone about what's legal now, or not. Now, legal. does it utilize so um, like and, in Kansas? Um, yeah, I can look at my my weather underground, right? I can look at my weather underground and I know that oh, sunrise is at this time. But if I go to the KDPTW KD whatever Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks and Tourism, if I go to their chart for when what the game warden uses it says this is on this date it's this time and then it says for every 15 miles east of wichita add one minute for every 15 miles west of wichita subtract a minute or whatever it is yeah i've seen those before i mean I guess my, I, I could tell you what my thought is, and it's probably not like the book right answer. So what you're saying is like the book right answer, you know, go and look at what your latitude longitude is and figure out what your exact sunrise sunset time is. No, I, um, I don't, I don't, you, you know, I, me, I go off of what they publish because, you know, in the doubt sure. of like when the game warden, he has to go off the book that his department published. Sure. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't know that this, I, you know, what I would, I would assume. And, and I mean, I'd like to ask the question. I mean, maybe they find a way to incorporate those charts. Um, this probably goes off of just the forecast for that sunrise sunset. And oh, the other part I'll add to it is it's minus 30. Oh, nice. So it'll like, so like that it, for it, you. It does the math for you. And then when shooting light happens, it turns green. And I will tell you that a lot of times when it turns green, uh, I will almost always hear somebody else somewhere else shoot first before I do. So yeah, it always makes me feel You know, I'm, I'm kind of that way too. Um, I know like someone will be like, we're legal. And I'll look down, uh, I'll pull my phone out because I'm a, I'm a bad millennial. And I don't ever wear a, don't ever wear a watch um, or an eye watch, I guess. Um, and uh, I don't ever truly feel comfortable until I hear off in the distance. I'm like, ah, it's on now, baby. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, now we're good. Now we're good. <laughs> I, I mean, there's been a couple of times that, uh, you know, maybe, but it, most of the, like, I haven't found this to be, um, and, and it would probably be good to hear a game warden's philosophy on it. I mean, I'm sure that if they wanted to absolutely throw the book at you on it, but I feel like your GPS time cannot be that far off from what those chart times are. Um, in, in those things. And when I say that far off, like I don't see, I don't see how it could be greater than a minute off sure, of any sure. of those times. And, and I would venture to guess, I mean, uh, I don't know. I would venture to guess there's some people that have been hunting for a very long time that say, yeah, I can ID, I can ID a bird now. We're good. Like, 
And, uh, you know, I think, (laughs) I mean, everybody's been in the marsh where they heard somebody shoot five minutes early and you're like, what clock are they using? And, uh, I always wonder, you know, what (laughs) clock does the, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody getting a, I don't know anybody personally has gotten a ticket for shooting before legal sunrise or, or after, you know, legal sunset. So if you're out there and you have that ticket, send me an email. Yeah. Yeah, let me know. Um, so, but I mean, back to the app, that's the most used feature that I use for the Sunrise Sunset. It does have a waterfowl ID tab. Uh, it does cost you a membership to Ducks Unlimited, you know, so that's what gets you the, the access to this app and all of its features. It does have a waterfowl migration report section as a journal section. Um, it, it's a pretty, it'll, it'll put you in. So it has a snow covers map oh, cool. uh, that pulls off the NOAA. So yeah, it's it's got a lot of good resources like that. You know, I was showing you right there. That's coming off of the the DU app. It's oh yeah, I can right see it. And it I, I agree. It's the, the snow. The snow line has definitely yeah. extended past Kansas. So it is, it is, it's very useful. Um, it's got a lot of the bag limits, band recovery information on it. Uh, band recovery maps are, are on there too. And it'll, it'll show you some of those. And so I think that it's, it's a good app. It supports a good cause. It, it does have some features in there that are useful for the hunter, not only when you're sitting at home dreaming about being in a blind, but also when you're in the blind and you need some information. I, and I like the big red and green clock because I can turn it on and put it in my blind bag and, and just sure. glance down and see if it's red or green. Um, and so it, it, it's, awesome. it's good for me on that one. So it's, it's one of my favorites. Okay. I think this is one that I think a lot of people have probably heard of. And it is like, I don't know. I would say it's one of the more important apps that's come out for hunters across the nation, across all different types of, you know, game that you're chasing. And that's on X hunt. Yep. I've got it that is one probably too. the more pricey. It's very useful. All the apps, but the single most important feature on this app is surface ownership. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, depending, and what I like about this one too, is the state specificity on it because, you know, different states have different rules on who owns what relative to water um, and for waterfowl hunters. So I could tell you here in Texas, there are some, you know, we can theoretically utilize water from the high water mark, you know, down, except there are people here that have owned property in the state since before Texas was a state and they still own like the land under the navigable waterway yeah. and you cannot trespass on that. Um, and so it does Onyx hunt does show those property boundaries as well. Cause I've looked and that will keep you out of trouble because that is a, that is an exception to yeah. the law. Well, I, uh, any place where uh, there's, um, you know, a large, where you have a, a lot of native American properties or tribal lands. Um, anytime mm-hmm. that you see, uh, you know, tribal land or, um, you know, native American preserve that, that owns everything. That's not just water. That's the dirt. <laughs> that's the dirt underneath the water. So, yeah. you know, you think, oh, I can just float in through there or I can walk past. Nope. No, sir. <laughs> nope. And and that's where Onyx Hunt is extremely useful. It's it's very good for that stuff, especially if you're in an well, area. That can still be tricky, too. Uh, in fact, there was one time I like double 
double checked myself. I was about to, uh, I was walking, I was waiting and I saw that I was approaching a property line. I was like, man, why is this property line sticking out into the lake? And I was like, that's really weird. And I clicked <laughs> on it and it was, it said tribal or something. I can't remember what the specificity of it was. Uh, so I like, before I crossed it, I called my game warden. I was like, Hey, uh, quick question. He's like, dude, don't take another step. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, you got to float. You, yep. you can't put your feet down on that. You got to float through it. Um, or you got to float around it. And I was like, really? I mean, like, he's like, I won't give you a ticket. He goes, but they can confiscate your guns. They can confiscate your truck. They can confiscate everything. So, you know, you just gotta be really respectful of those. Th- Cause there's a reason that we gave them those rights. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you stay away. Like, you just you got to watch out for that stuff. Well, and so this is one of the more pricey apps that are out there. Uh, I I just I I just spring for the fifty eight yeah. one because yeah, sure. with with what I do and I, I did yeah I mean because when like my my family lives in Tennessee my wife's family lives up in New Jersey uh, her dad lives down in Florida and so I tra- I travel a lot and I you know just this last week I traveled on on I, I traveled out and I I took my my guns to Nevada and so like I I think that's one of the great parts about what I do and I I definitely want to be able to check out where I can and can't go and utilize some of the. Uh, resources that are out there. And so I just, I sprung for the 99 bucks and it got me all 50 States. And, um, and I, and, and with what, what I move and, and what I really like about it too, is like I said, I'm about to, I'm about to move here next summer and I've already checked out kind of what the land looks like around where I'm living. And so if you don't travel as much, it's $29 one state, a year right? to get the, uh, the, the one state. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets you the one state you're in. And I think that, you know, for most of you out there, that'll probably work and you can buy it per state too. So if you're going to go somewhere on a hunt or you've got family somewhere, like you could just buy the states, right. you know, you're going to frequent. Um, and here's the other great thing about Onyx is that when you open your account with them, they transfer between devices. So like, for example, if your GPS will support Onyx, like my Garmin does, it's one account one time and you can, and use it, use it both places. So um, that's very, yeah. very handy. Um, as well. You know, for instance, today, I literally used Onyx maps today. I was driving. Uh, I said, ah, going into work, taking my, I just got done with my doctor appointment with my kid. I said, I'm going to just take this little extra little route. And I, you know, I saw six dozen geese just sitting on a, on a snow, snow covered field and pulled over got my orientation, pulled out my Onyx. And within two minutes, I had the person that owned that land, um, their information, uh, quick Google search, which we'll have to go in on how to like do like the full internet scouting slash like sleuthing uh, in, in a later episode. But, you know, within 10 minutes, I was knocking on a door um, of a property owner for that permission. Now, they weren't home. Cause it was like nine o'clock. So. I, well, it, you know, I remember before on X when I like before on X was really what it was now, which is a very user friendly platform. I lived in Oklahoma and I was pheasant hunting up in Kansas. And I remember having to go down to the courthouse, the, plat map, yeah. the little landowner chart, the land. 
Yeah, the, the plot map. And I had one of those. It was in my bag. I bought it every year that I was up there. And Onyx just defeated the purpose for me having to go do that, which made me feel no, bad. No, they, the they probably house, very much appreciate it. Another... <laughs> the one time I had to buy a, a plot map, um, like, they, they were like, what do you need this for? And I was like, I know I need... What? And they're like... <laughs> Uh, okay. And like 20 minutes later after coming out of the basement, they're like, well, there's this thing. And it looked like <laughs> blow the dust off of it. I'm, I look like Nicholas cage from <laughs> right. freaking national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> national <So>. treasure. <laughs> it might as well be a treasure for honor. I mean, at the time that was, you know, it's funny. We talk about this stuff, but I mean, on X and what it is now is a fairly new thing. I mean, it, it really like the capacity that it is now is, is probably what five years old. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not incredibly new and yeah, it was not, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that you were still having to do that old, that old fashioned <laughs> and, and I'm going to look at the plot map and see if that person still owns map? it. So, uh, maybe that's I'm why they to were so what confused they called by it up me. there. Right. A, possibly that I, I, we, um, Oh, I forgot the term. The guy I used to, I, I hunt with these guys. It doesn't quail a lot. And I, I know that like you can say GIS map too, or something like that. Or ground. Yeah. Nah, I think they call it a plot map. Sure. Like P-L-O-T. Sure. All right. I think... Oh, the other thing, too, is Onyx does have weather now. It didn't for a long time, but now it's got weather. Um, and the other useful thing is it's great is you can just drop the waypoint. You can share the waypoint. Um, you can label it. You can different different colors. Uh, but the only other really function that I use for Onyx for, other than like super important surface ownership stuff, is the routes man i can just like click track to like track my route and uh okay one way that i kind of um patterned when i got permission on this deer property you know um in the early summer i went i literally i'd find a deer trail and i would literally just walk the whole deer trail throughout the entire property and pretty soon after i'd done that you know on five or six different uh, game trails, I could look it up and I could see, Oh, <laughs> Hey man, that like you kind of see the visual representation of where they all converged, which was kind of cool. Um, but for waterfowl hunting, what's nice is, you know, often we, we get into a place by accident. We're like, Hey, <laughs> check this place out. And then you're like, okay, how am I going to access this spot? All right. Then I hit track and then I get myself out as fast as possible. And then I follow that back in the next day. I mean, that's, it's, it's a, it does have a lot of features, you know, and like many things I use the easiest feature on the app for what, you know, whatever it is. So like this one, I, I don't get yeah. too much into the weather. I don't get you too much. Into the weather the, leaves something the, to the be plotting um, desired on Onyx. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's a, it is a very, like the land ownership thing is extremely useful. And if you, like I said, if you, if you guys get into this and you know, for like the listeners out there, it's good to know those features. And if you get into it and find that something just is a good one-stop shop for you, you know, that's, that's why we're doing this episode. Just let you know those things that are out there because it, like I said, use that backtrack thing. It's awesome. I use my GPS for it. Um, sure. my, my Rhino that I carry with me. All right. Well, that I now have to replace based on oh, both yeah, that's, that's that we discussed earlier. Good. So, 
All right. The next, uh, actually, I think this will be the last one before we kind of discuss just uh, another app in cursory. But Hunt Stand. Do you ever use Hunt Stand? I I have it. I think I used it once. Um, is this is this the one that lets you kind of see like what the stand is, like what what things are interfacing yeah. with exactly? So Hunt spot. Stand used to be. Uh, I can't say I use Hunt it. Stand very used to frequently. be Scout Look. Um, and the thing that's awesome <laughs> when you're a lazy person uh, like me sometimes, um, I'll pull up Hunt Stand for one function only, and that's I will say, okay, where are we going to hunt tomorrow? Okay, we think the wind is generally like this. All right. And then I'll choose kind of where we're going to hunt on the map based off of my general, okay, I know the wind's from the east. And uh, I'll. you can basically press, this is where we're going to hunt from, and then you put it into waterfowl mode, and it will show you, you know, the forecast of the wind, but it'll show you as a visual representation of birds coming in to that spot that you picked. So it'll give you like 30 degrees left, 30 degrees right. Uh, so you can know, oh, cool. They're going to be head on from this direction or eh, we want to hunt them from side to side. So I'm going to choose over here. And then you can see how that changes throughout the morning by dragging the little uh, time scale over. So you can see, okay, in the morning, see it. they're going to be from yeah. here. And then from, you know, as the morning progresses, they'll be moving this way. And it's just kind of a nice little uh, visual representation of where you can be expecting the birds to come from. Or come in. I'm going to one of my spots right now, uh, and I'm putting this, this uh, I'm putting this app on it. Oh, that's that is kind of interesting. I see, I see the utility of this now. Um, huh? It is very graphic, and I, I actually, you know what I think I like the most about oh, it is yeah. the yardage. Yeah, yeah, markers. that's true. Really so you can you can really kind of you know see where. Okay, at 30 yards, that's true. Uh, I actually, I utilize that yeah. function this year for deer hunting quite a bit. Um, Cause you can see where like your wind was initially at the beginning of your hunt. And then you can see where the wind goes throughout, you know, okay, I'm going to be there till 10 AM. So you can see the shift. It visually, it lays it out visually for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm messing with it right now. That is, that, that does have a very unique a unique um, display and utility to it. And I, I guess what I kind of, I'll, I'll be honest with you, looking at this right now, I'm like, geez, I should have shot up more ducks because uh, I would have, I would have been able to kill them. <laughs> like that, that, that looks a lot, that looks yeah, a lot further 25, than 25 yards 75, to me. Uh, Yeah, that, that is very, that is a good app. I like that feature. I will, I'm going to incorporate that a little bit more into my, my, especially like what what I would project to be on my spots. So, huh? That's I learned Ooh, something on this point. Episode. All right, let's talk about. You're gonna have local wildlife service apps. Um, I know in Kansas we we have a couple apps, but it's really more of a uh, really cumbersome internet website. You know, you got to use Kansas iSportsman to check in and stuff like that. And that's something that you want to have like pulled up on your phone so that you don't have to. Google search it every time and and save your your password because it without fail every time I go uh, on public land here which is quite frequently I'm like looking up what my password was or resetting my password so I can log back into Kansas iSportsman so if there's a designer of Kansas iSportsman out there you need to come out with an app 
that can save my stuff and uh, make it a lot easier. So I have it much better than you do in Texas. The Texas oh, Parks yeah. and Wildlife app is really good. And so for, the, for those of you that have not uh, that have not caught on already, like uh, most of your uh, wildlife services, Parks and Rec, whoever runs your wildlife uh, things in your state, they probably have an application out there. Um, you need to check your local laws on what they would count as. You know, so for example, I know like, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure like here in Texas, I can use my app purchase on my app is like, or my, my app, my license purchase on my app is um, like valid proof of it. And now that doesn't count for necessarily your waterfowl stamp, but like all my other things, like if they were to pull me over fishing, you know, I could show them that and it would, it would, it would work. And in different states are different on that. Um, but it has the on the, the hunt harvest reporting um and everything else on it i i had georgia's app georgia's app was not was not bad at all it was it was fairly useful um and a lot of them will let you go to a hyperlink as well to whatever the regulations happen to be for it, your state at that period you know that point in time or whatever game you're hunting and and they all have different interfaces for it and so uh, i would encourage you guys that are out there um, that have bought these you know or bought your licenses to check out your state's resource with that because it, it could be handy for you especially when you're in a moment of question if you will in a blind or in a boat or absolutely. doing whatever it is outside. absolutely and then uh you know i i do kind of want to double back onto one more thing that i think is really useful for a lot of new hunters out there um you know i've talked many times about how uh, even if you can't accurately identify birds on the wing uh, but you know it's a duck and you know your most restrictive um you know bag take uh, there is a lot of apps out there for duck identification for when you have it in hand to see if you can continue to legally hunt because if you shoot one pintail this year and you turns out oh i got a pintail in my hand now and i don't know how to differentiate a pintail from a mallard or or a teal then you're done hunting for that day but there's a lot of things where you can go in there and um, do you know any duck identification apps? I guess I don't even use them anymore, but, uh, I use the DU ones pretty good. Um, uh, the DU has a, as a, as a duck ID on it. So if you're, if you remember the DU and you go back to that app, like they have a big button on it and, and what, you know, this is a really cool thing about the, the ducks unlimited app and their ID function is it will also play sound like. sounds for you. So yeah, so you could go to waterfowl ID. So like I'm I'm going there right now, and let's say I like the top one is the American Widgeon. So I could click on that, and so you could see it, yeah. it shows like what it is. It gives a profile. Yeah, and then if you hit the play button, it oh will, man, same. That's yeah, cool. Right from the app. So. It, it tells you like how to ID it, what their size is, and, and then it gives you kind of a map of it. So that's what I use when I, like if I have a question and you know, there's a lot of the ducks out there that, you know, is it a black duck? Is it a right. hen mallard? Is it a whatever? You know, like those, those can get kind of confusing and this app will help give some clarity to it. Um, but that's what I use. All right, Alex, what do we want to, what do we want to leave the listeners with here? Well, I would say after we discussed all this, I definitely learned some things today, but technology is an extremely useful tool that makes your hunt safer 
and more efficient. And they're they're not a substitute, though, just like we said in the beginning, for scouting, experienced in the field. And I would caution you about using your apps and technology to digitally scout and then think you could just go there in the dark. Um, you know, like we, we've talked about some apps today that can definitely, if you master their use, can make you feel very confident. Um, but I would say I like to use them when I go out and hunt a spot that I know. And then after I'm done in the morning, maybe go check out some new spots. So, you know, for me and, and the boat, like I may go out to a spot that I'm familiar with and then check the lake level. And then I'll use these apps at that point, maybe to go check out a few other places to see and, and, and how I would get there. So they're good for that. Make some notes and figure out how you'd get there. Um, take advantage of some of these features, especially the lake level apps or the GPS maps have, um, and if you if you have some apps, by the way, for those of you out there, if we've missed one or there's this this worldly awesome app that we we have, um, you know, we when we see, we'll wonder what we've done with our whole lives. Let us know. So go into the Facebook group. If you're not a member of the group, ask us to join um, and then and, and, and post it up there because it's definitely a community that we're trying to build with this type of information. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like really I said, I do kind of feel I do kind of feel like I missed out having to, you know, learn all this from a farmer's almanac or calling a buddy that happens to be, you know, north of me by a couple hundred miles and asking him and talking about that stuff. And so I kind of long for, you know, what grandpa had. Uh, but at the same time, man, we are, we live in the age of information and we have all the tools at our disposal. And so combining kind of those two things, I think, touch roots with who you are and, and do the research. And I think nobody could, you know, I don't think anybody would ever think bad of anybody that really understood what they were looking for and utilizing the information at hand. And I, I, I kind of, that's how I justify it. You know, like, uh, like I said, a large part of waterfowl hunting is touching roots and kind of feeling connected to the past. Um, but at the same time, I'm using all these apps, but <laughs> and my, my grandfather will be the first to tell you after that day that we had on the river that he is a believer in That's good right. information That's right as long as you don't get hurt or you put yourself in any harm it's a good story <laughs> yeah yeah all right back that that does it for this week's episode of the foul front um your host ben page And I am and your co-host, Alex Wallace. We will see you guys on Friday for the Migration Report. Um, I'm making sure that I stopped here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great, great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. I and mean, if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week.
go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.